Green Earth, a great day when the President of the United States has completed his mission to Israel. He completed it with apparently assurances from Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu to allow some humanitarian supplies into the stricken Gaza Strip. Uh, this all having to do with the expected ground mission against the Hamas and Israel completing what uh, 360,000 reservists have been called up to help accomplish. That is in addition to the more than 100,000 active duty Israeli forces. They uh, have been pledged to accomplish the elimination of Hamas. Is that an appropriate goal? Or do we need a ceasefire? There's a huge demonstration, really very loud, very noisy. It is unbelievable to me that these people, especially given the memories of what had happened on January 6th, there are a group of very rowdy demonstrators in the Capitol building right now. They are from a group called the Jewish Voice for Peace, which is an extreme left-wing anti-Israel organization from its very beginning. It is associated with people like Noam Chomsky, Wallace Shawn, Naomi Klein, uh, Tony Kushner is one of the people who is part of their advisory board. This is a very extreme left-wing organization. And I, I can tell you, as someone who's been active in Jewish community life uh, really since my teenage years, uh, the the idea that Jewish Voice for Peace speaks for the Jewish community, uh, they do not want a, uh, a continuation of Israel as a Jewish state. So we're talking about people who are out there with Roger Waters. We're also going to be covering him today. He, of course, is the Pink Floyd musician who has called for replacing uh, the state of Israel with a new state that he would not call Israel or Palestine. He would call it the Holy Land. But it would uh, not be a Zionist state in any way. In other words, intended as a home for the uh, Jewish people. And uh, again, part of what happens here with all of this agitation is the notion that the Jewish people are the only major people in the world where the state that they have established, the country that has flourished uh, with the Zionist experiment, as uh, Roger Waters calls it, has actually achieved some pretty great things. It is not entirely a nightmare as our enemies would have it. Uh, speaking of a nightmare, uh, they had another vote in the House of Representatives. Uh, Jim Jordan got fewer votes than before, fewer votes than before. He actually had one vote fewer. There were some people who had voted for him before who now voted against him. Others who had voted against him now voted for him. But the net uh, loss is he's now not 18 votes short of getting the votes that he needed. He's 19 votes short of getting the votes that he needed. His um, campaign for speaker uh, probably finished. 
So now what? We'll be talking about that with Ramesh Panuru of National Review and Wall Street Journal. And uh, we'll be talking about that with Hayes Brown of uh, NBC and MSNBC, uh, also a columnist who is there on site. Uh, the, uh, uh, the idea that uh, everything is going wrong in the United States, there is actually one very encouraging piece of news about the reduction in violent crime. Why is that happening now? And uh, the reports from the FBI and from the National Statistics on Criminality, violent crime is down to below where it was before the pandemic. And this is the kind of progress that no one expected and no one fully yet understands. We will be talking about that also on The Michael Medved Show. Uh, first of all... Um, we we should get to the issue of the terrible, terrible explosion and loss of life in that hospital in Gaza. Uh, it was a hospital that at one time was set up by Baptist Christians, by the way. And it, it, it was a hospital that was being used by literally hundreds and hundreds of people to shelter them from uh, any kind of aerial attack because it's very well known that Israel does not attack hospitals. And uh, the idea that the uh, actual attack was an Israeli, part of an Israeli airstrike, has uh, been totally repudiated by Israel and now by the United States. President Biden spoke about this when he was in Israel arriving uh, this morning. Here is uh, President Joe Biden speaking from uh, after his arrival in Israel. He's already departed from uh, Jerusalem and Tel Aviv. But here is President Biden. Clip nine. Palestinian people are suffering greatly as well. We mourn the loss of innocent Palestinian lives like the entire world. I was outraged and saddened by the enormous loss of life yesterday in the hospital in Gaza. Based on the information we've seen to date, it appears the result of an errant rocket fired by a terrorist group in Gaza. Okay, that terrorist group is called Islamic Jihad. And no, they are not the same as Hamas, but they are allied with Hamas. And they, um, Islamic Jihad is a much smaller group. They have fewer rockets. And the fact that uh, Israel has intercepted uh, radio communication which they have made available to the whole world showing in Arabic that uh, the Hamas knew exactly where the rocket came from. Before these claims started that Israel was responsible, uh, there were observers on the scene. They also have uh, aerial footage of uh, the fact that this does not appear at all to have the kind of crater that you would normally have uh, right next to the hospital if there had been a bomb dropped uh, from the air, from an airplane above, which is the way that Israel has been striking back at Hamas and their rocket launchers and more. This uh, was not there. Uh, this looked like what it is, which is a, um, a, a, a rocket that was misfired by an, an incompetent, and bloody and hideous terrorist group, Islamic Jihad. Uh, 
Meanwhile, there's this sound from MSNBC. This is what it sounds like in the Capitol protest that's going on right now. Clip one. Now, there have been some arrests made. As I was even walking to this camera, I saw a number of Capitol Police taking out protesters with their hands behind their backs. We have not gotten official word of how many were charged or what they were charged with. But certainly, no matter the arrest, you see that this has not stopped the protesters from being here, from being loud. And this comes, of course, as President Biden is overseas in Israel, where he met with Netanyahu this morning, where he pledged continued support of Israel amid this conflict, amid this war. But there you have it, just a lot of protesters here uh, calling for a ceasefire on both sides, even right next to me, as you see behind me. Um, and they're singing, and, and they are shouting, and they are passionate, and they are angry, and they are loud. And so where do we go from here? Uh, we come right back and take a look at the latest, latest, uh, the protests ongoing. Uh, Rashida Tlaib uh, giving completely uninched comments and joined in that by Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. That and more coming up on The Medved Show. And on the Michael Medved Show, uh, the scene in the Cannon House office building, a rotunda on Capitol Hill, as uh, Hamas sympathizers chant under a banner calling for a ceasefire. Of note, uh, demonstrations are not allowed in congressional buildings, according to the Capitol Police. However, in, in this case, uh, there was a different um, experience. There does not appear to be any fighting with Capitol Police or any real desire to get the very noisy but so far peaceful demonstrators out. Uh, the Wednesday demonstration demands that lawmakers in Congress adopt an already drafted resolution authored by Representative Cory Bush of Missouri, one of the very, very progressive, as they are called, left-wing members of the squad, and endorsed by other outspoken progressives in Congress. It's a um, measure for the Congress, which, by the way, isn't functioning right now because they just had another vote for Speaker where Jim Jordan fell short, and they have no idea who the new Speaker is going to be. And... Uh, in any event, the point of the resolution is to compel President Joe Biden to facilitate de-escalation, this is in quotes, and a ceasefire between Israel and Hamas. It also calls on the Biden administration to promptly send and facilitate the entry of humanitarian assistance into Gaza, which apparently President Biden has succeeded in doing. There is a uh, an agreement uh, that uh, was publicized after his lengthy meetings with the Israeli war cabinet, including led by Prime Minister Netanyahu, to allow some supplies uh, to come in. Uh, that This does not mean opening the border crossings into Israel in the midst of an active war situation where there are 1,300 people have just been murdered under the most brutal circumstances imaginable. Uh, there is still very close attention to keeping the border between Israel and uh, the Gaza Strip and Hamas, keeping that border tightly closed. Uh, that's a matter of safety and self-defense. 
There is another border crossing in Rafah, which is a border between the Gaza Strip and Egypt, which used to control up until 1967 uh, all of the Gaza Strip. That That is the entryway by which they will figure out a way to closely inspect some of those supplies that come into Gaza. Uh, there's already a piece in the Wall Street Journal about uh, how some of the hospital supplies that were allowed in, that have been allowed in, were stolen. By whom? By Hamas. Uh, we will get to that as well here on the Michael Medved Show. Rashida Tlaib was with this uh, group of people. And by the way, this is something I, I heard on one of the cable news channels today when this uh, demonstration got na- uh, noisy. Uh, the broadcaster kept saying that uh, this was a Jewish demonstration. And uh, it was Jewish people and some allies. I very, very much doubt that even uh, close to a majority or half or anything like that of the angry demonstrators uh, were actually Jewish. They are, it's a part of a left-wing organization that is notoriously anti-Zionist called uh, Jewish Voices for Peace, and extremely left. And here's Democrat Rashida Tlaib, who emphatically is not Jewish. And uh, she is, uh, she's a Palestinian, as she is very proud to show by flying a Palestinian flag outside her office. Uh, She uh, attacked President Biden uh, rhetorically, not physically, God forbid, uh, and uh, did that as part of the demonstration at the Capitol building. This is clip two. To my president, to our president. Yes, he's still our, well, hold on. I know, I, hey, I want him to know, as a Palestinian American, is also somebody of Muslim faith, I'm not going to forget this. And I think a lot of people are not going to forget this. And it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not a threat. It isn't. They, they think we're joking. I mean, I think the White House and everyone thinks that we're just going to sit back and let this just continue to happen. No. The fact of the matter is, our lives are not safe with you or the Forever Peace President. When are we going to feel safe? When are we going to stop funding, continue literally oppression of indigenous communities? When are we going to say enough? It makes me so angry to have to say, but I'm telling you, I'm talking to people that literally are like me. They literally, literally believed in this party that was supposed to be inclusive of all of our opinions and our and our views and our political stance and, and all of these things. But what is got, starting to get really, really, really clear and very loud is that somehow many of us in this room, because of our political opinions, because maybe our faith is a certain faith, maybe because our ethnicity is a certain ethnicity, that somehow we're subhuman. <laughs> what um, entity, uh, as a President Biden or 
for that matter, Senator Schumer or Senator McConnell or whoever the Speaker of the House is going to be, where have have people treated you like a subhuman? And I know people are probably tempted to pick up the phone and call, but she is subhuman. She's she's an awful, awful, unhinged individual. And uh, again, especially when the one hope for some kind of resolution short of a, a very, very punishing war that nobody wants... Uh, President Biden represents that hope. He and he speaks so carefully uh, about trying to be sympathetic to both sides. This is President Biden in Israel uh, earlier today uh, speaking about justice. Uh, listen, clip eight. Justice must be done. But I caution this while you feel that rage. Don't be consumed by it. After 9-11, we were enraged in the United States. While we sought justice and got justice, we also made mistakes. The vast majority of Palestinians are not Hamas. Hamas does not represent the Palestinian people. Okay, let us uh, hope not. But, of course, the size of the demonstrations and the people who are demonstrating right now at our Capitol building... uh, if uh, they don't represent Hamas, then why, like so many other people, do they say that the Cornell professor we heard from yesterday, who said he felt exhilarated by what Hamas had accomplished? Uh, talking about accomplishing things, what have they accomplished so far in the fight for... And on the Michael Medved Show, uh, glad to welcome Hayes Brown, who is a columnist and editor at uh, MSNBC, uh, with MSNBC Daily, where he helps to frame the news of the day for readers. He was previously at BuzzFeed News, and he holds a degree in international relations from Michigan State University. Uh, Hayes uh, Brown, what do you think? Uh, are they actually coming back for a third try on uh, Jim Jordan with him uh, trying to win those, what it's now 22 votes he needs to mm. turn around to be Speaker of the House? I mean, they're going to have a third vote, it sounds like, according to Jordan. The question is whether that third vote happens today, whether it happens tomorrow, where they kick the can down the road further. Jordan has given no sign that he's ready to pull the plug yet. Uh, so there will be a third vote. How he fares on that when he's started to lose votes compared to picking them up, that's that's the big question right now. So right now, last reporting that I've seen has the Republicans, some of the Jordan, McHenry, Patrick Henry, the Speaker, Pro Tem, others huddling together right now. It's not even clear whether all the Republicans will meet at a conference today to talk about talk through these issues let alone whether there'll be another floor vote patrick mchenry has been chosen as the uh speaker pro tem the temporary speaker with uh, apparently limited powers and one of the discussions Mm -hmm. uh that they are having that apparently hakeem jeffries the democratic leader has been positive toward 
is simply expanding his powers as Speaker Pro Tem and mm -hmm. uh, going forward with a temporary speaker, maybe at least to avoid that government shutdown that is looming in less than 30 days. Right. That is a possibility. So historically speaking, if a speaker pro tem is designated, they have fewer powers than one who is approved by a resolution. So a Republican has said, uh, I can't remember his name at the top of my head right now, has said, I have this resolution. Uh, we should vote on it to empower uh, Patrick McHenry for at least until November 17th, or we elect a new speaker, whichever comes first, because November 17th is that deadline day for when the government runs out of funding. So the thinking there is, okay, we'll have McHenry at least be able to uh, be able to bring up bills to the floor to pass, uh, bills on funding the government, whether that's a short-term CR or if, as the hardliners really want to just go back to like trying to hammer out Republican-only appropriations bills uh, that will go nowhere in the Senate, as well as potentially funding for Ukraine and or Israel. Like, those are the issues that really are, that uh, several members are champing at the bit now to get to, but they can't with McHenry as this limited speaker pro tem. What about the possibility, or is there any possibility, that Hakeem Jeffries, who has been very clear about his opinion of uh, Jim Jordan, he is not a fan. And uh, again, a great many of the people who are opposed to Jim Jordan are opposed to him because he played such a lead role in uh, the stolen election narrative and mm -hmm. in trying to reject the results of uh, the most closely monitored election in American history. Uh, mm -hmm. Aside from that, is, is there also significant uh, unhappiness, and I've understood that there is, with some within the Republican conference, uh, uh, unhappiness with Jim Jordan's opposition to mm -hmm. aid to Ukraine? at a time when Ukraine mm. desperately needs it in order to survive. Yeah, I'm sure there is. Like, there are still House members who want that vote on Ukraine. The Senate Republicans want that vote on Ukraine funding. So for Jim Jordan to be pretty clearly against it is just another knock against him in these votes that where he cannot afford to lose many people. And it sounds like the outreach from Jordan to some of the holdouts has been kind of sparse, kind of minimal. Like he has not been working at McCarthy style, trying to offer any kind of concessions to to any of the holdouts to convince them to come over. Instead, it's just been bullying and pressure of uh, both internally and externally. You've seen like uh, threats of primary, uh, the moderates who have uh, voted against Jordan. Don Bacon of Nebraska, uh, his wife apparently got anonymous threatened text messages uh, because of his vote against Jordan. Like, uh, but there's, but this really speaks to what kind of speaker Jordan would be that he has not tried to offer anything, as opposed to McCarthy, who, as we saw, would eventually have these sort of like backroom deals where nothing was written down, these sort of handshake deals with the arch conservatives that wound up getting him in trouble.
Well, one of the deals that he made was that idea that all it would take would be one person mm -hmm. to uh, file a motion and then you could vacate the speakership. And that's what happened mm -hmm. with him, with um, Matt Gates. And uh, we, mm -hmm. you had a total of eight members of the House of Representatives that were able to overturn uh, the will of um, more than 200 of their fellow Republicans. Uh, that would have to be changed, would it not? Whatever kind of deal they make, whether it involves uh, Patrick McHenry as a speaker pro tem or mm. anyone else. And by the way, See, the thing about a, 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 any any words on anyone else who it could be? I have not heard anyone who could potentially get to 217 at this point. Like the fact that McHenry even in a resolution to become speaker pro tem as more empowered speaker pro tem that would require democratic vote and democrats uh, last i saw are huddling them amongst themselves trying to decide whether that's something they would support and what kind of concession they might ask for uh, in in return for reopening the house basically and being the ones to do so jordan has tried to frame it as uh, oh, you empower Patrick McHenry. That's working with Democrats. That is uh, co that is basically coalition government, uh, and, and we can't have that. We don't want that. Um, as for uh, who else could it be? Yeah, I'm not seeing that. And for the motion to vacate, like that would again require Democratic votes at this point because the ones who voted McCarthy out, they would not want to change that, and it would require a change to the rules of the House, so it would require a majority vote, and that would, you would need the Democrats to back that at this point to make that actually happen with those Republican holdouts who want to keep that rule in place. Wow. And uh, the other ranking Republicans, people like Elise Stefanik and uh, Tom Emmer of Minnesota, uh, I mean, I know those names are floating around, but uh, there there must be a sense of urgency. I mean, I, I can't believe it. We're, we're <laughs> it's the middle of the week. And, uh, and, and the, the clock is ticking, and the clock is ticking on Israel. Do you think anybody's going to be impacted by this massive demonstration uh, from Jewish Voice for Peace that uh, has taken over the Longworth, I think it's the Longworth building in Washington. Is that where they are? That feels hard to say, honestly, because you heard in Elise Stefanik's nomination speech yesterday that Israel was front and center in in her reasoning for why they needed to support Jordan to reopen the House. So I don't think that that protest will sway anyone who was unswayed. The people who are holding out against Jordan, like none of them are like, oh, yeah, the wishy-washy in Israel. So I, I don't think that this protest will matter that much to them. Hayes Brown, I appreciate your perspective and your joining us. Uh, we've posted some of his most recent columns uh, for MSNBC Daily. We will be right back with more on the Middle East and uh, the middle of a congressional mess coming up on the Medved Show. From politics to pop culture and from coast to coast, this is the Michael Medved Show. 1-800-955-1776. The Michael Medved Show. On the Michael Medved Show, uh, getting back to 
the outrage, and and the outrage is all based upon misinformation because the outrage should be directed at Hamas and their allies at Islamic Jihad, who uh, launched their rockets so indiscriminately that one of them hit a hospital where innocent people had been trying to seek shelter in addition to medical help. Not all the people who were crowded in that hospital were patients. They were people who were trying to uh, move out of the way of a, an active war. And uh, some of the details on who actually was responsible for the explosion that killed hundreds of people, and we don't know exactly how many. There have been estimates as many as 500, but at least 300 is the lowest number I've seen. There's a spokesperson for the IDF, the Israeli Defense Forces, who talks about uh, the available evidence that they have accumulated that this was a failed rocket attack aimed at Israel that fell and damaged this hospital that that when you think about it, Israel would have no reason to make that attack on on the hospital. Uh, this is a IDF spokesman talking about their video and audio evidence of clip 5.5. Because of the magnitude and the sensitivity and because what we see that uh, our enemies are trying to do with this uh, fake event, we did a thorough investigation, and it was the information was approved, was seen and personally approved by the highest levels of command in the IDF. Now, what we have and what we're going to share, and this will happen momentarily, I suppose, in a few, well, within the hour, I hope, information will be out, which shows uh, two things, both footage of the event from above, from an Israeli UAV, and very tellingly, and a conversation between Hamas terrorists, which was intercepted by us, where they discuss the fact that, oh, there appears to have been a malfunction or a, a, an explosion by a rocket uh, which landed short inside the Gaza Strip. Uh, and that is, is, of course, very authentic and very telling of exactly what happened. And uh, further uh, comments about the analysis of what actually happened. This is clip 5.7. We also, to be on the safe side, uh, cross-checked our, all our systems, first and foremost to make sure that we did not fire in the area, and then we looked at the radar, which uh, tracks enemy incoming fire, and we saw that there was a barrage of rockets that was fired from mid or northern Gaza Strip uh, towards Israel, exactly at the time or a little bit before the explosion uh, reportedly happened, which was caught in our systems uh, mm. and perfectly corresponds with the information that we have. And then a uh, top advisor to Prime Minister Netanyahu, who met earlier today with uh, the President of the United States, uh, came on Fox News with Martha McCallum to talk about this hospital blast. Uh, clip two. The truth is we're investigating, and as the IDF said in their statement, they're looking into exactly what information we have and what, what happened. What, what we can say is the following. Number one, 
Israel does not target places like hospitals. They're not a target for us, and we wouldn't have deliberately hit a hospital. Number two, uh, we know that at the time of, the, uh, of this uh, tragedy, that Hamas was firing a barrage of rockets at Tel Aviv uh, uh, and the center of the country. I myself uh, went to the bomb shelter here at the, uh, because uh, we were under attack. Now, in the past, there has been a pattern of behavior that we've seen that uh, uh, up to a third of rockets fired from Gaza fall inside the Gaza Strip because they malfunction. Now, it is possible. Once again, we don't know the facts, and that's why people should be very careful here. But it is possible uh, that this was one of those rockets that malfunctioned. And uh, again, th that was a statement before the later statement where they had found the evidence that that's exactly what it was. Uh, at today, a busy day, obviously, for the Prime Minister of Israel, Benjamin Netanyahu at a press conference talked about the true nature of Hamas. Uh, listen, clip four. Hamas uh, are the new Nazis. Hamas is ISIS, in some instances worse than ISIS. And just as the world united to defeat the Nazis, just as the world united to defeat ISIS, the world has to stand united behind Israel to defeat Hamas. This is a part of an axis of evil of Iran and Hezbollah and Hamas. Their goal, open goal, is to eradicate the state of Israel. The open goal of Hamas is to kill as many Jews as they could, and the only difference is they would have killed every last one of us, murdered every last one of us, if they could. They just don't have the capacity, but they murdered an extraordinary 1,300 civilians, which in American terms is like many, many, many 9-11s. So obviously we must take action to defeat Hamas and to ensure that this doesn't happen again. But this is not only our battle, it is our common battle, the battle of civilization against barbarism. Uh, and it's, it's... if it's not stopped here... This savagery will reach you very soon and reach the entire world. Which uh, I believe he is right about. Uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez disagrees. Uh, she uh, wants a ceasefire, which is the target of the demonstrators, which means basically to accept the idea that Hamas... Uh, with no pledge of uh, ending violence or their announced intention, which is right in their charter to destroy the state of Israel, uh, that uh, the there will be no meaningful response to the horrors that they visited on the world and on the Jewish people in particular. Uh, this is Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, congresswoman from uh, the Bronx, on CNN, uh, clip 14. You and several other of your colleagues uh, released a statement calling on a, for a ceasefire uh, in the region. But I wonder, what is Israel supposed to do about Hamas after they murdered, brutalized, uh, abducted over a thousand of their citizens? Are they supposed to just do nothing? Well, you know, I think what's important to note about a ceasefire is that it's not one-sided. Hamas has been sending thousands of rockets into Israel as well. And what is important is for us to identify our goal in terms of what safety means, in terms of what 
defense means. But and I think, I may, it, Congresswoman, I think the position from Israel's perspective is that there was already an attack mm -hmm. and Hamas already committed an attack. Mm -hmm. After that happened, do you really believe that they should not respond to that? I think what is important in terms of response is Israel does have a right to to self-defense. I think what we need to take a look at in this situation is if collective punishment qualifies as defense, if the blockade on water, food, electricity, if the dropping of white phosphorus, uh, which is an indiscriminate weapon, qualifies. So I do believe that there's a discussion to be had here. I don't believe but, that an either-or approach is what is uh, necessary, but we should identify what our goal is which is the cooling of tensions in the well, region. Israel's goal is to rid the region of Hamas. They've been very clear about that. And I certainly take what you're saying about the condition of Gaza right now mm -hmm. for civilians who, as you point out, are not synonymous with Hamas. But for Israel to deal with Hamas, which uh, is a force that is actually detrimental to Palestinians. Absolutely. How else are they supposed to address a violent militant, mm -hmm. some say terrorist group, mm -hmm. other than to go in there right. and take them on directly? Well, and by the way, you know, when, if, when she jumps in, when she jumps in and she says some say terrorist group, uh, the United States government says terrorist group, the European Union says terrorist group. Uh, every scrap of evidence, uh, the the whole idea of organized murder and the murder of children and then the latest horror, which is that they took cell phones, uh, social media, um, and used social media and uh, used the cell phones of their victims to actually broadcast so that people saw the actual deeds of death. That idea of loving death and uh, believing that it is somehow a solution, not worthy of humanity or certainly of this greatest nation on God's green earth.